much better than this. Guys being guys being guys being guys being guys being dudes. What's going on, you beautiful people? I know you missed us. You thought you were going to get rid of us for a year, but you were not that lucky. This is Pat's Interference entering year six. We don't even have a hashtag this year because usually people aren't even in school this long. Well, except Rick and I were in school that long. But other than Medical that, red shirt. It's the medical, medical red shirt, shirt season. This is, this is the corona medical red shirt season. Everybody, uh, usually at this time in the podcast, the beginning of a new year, Brick and I will go over the year that it has been and, and what we did in the off season. And we're not going to do that because this is a happy podcast. No we're, no, we're not. We're really not. Maybe one day. And 2020 has been miserable for, I'm pretty sure, everybody. We've had some good. We've, we've had some goods. We've had some bads. We sat, had highs, had lows. But again, this is a happy podcast. Welcome to Pat's Interference. This is your favorite college football podcast on the entire internet. It's Guess the only what? one. It's the only one. It's, <laughs> it's it. the only. It's the only college football podcast on iTunes. Uh, I, I do think that Shutdown Fullcast actually also says that they're the internet's only. Fo- I know I'm, that podcast. was an. Uh, that was that's an that's an why ode, I love it. That was an ode to them. Yes. Yes. An uh, homage, if you will. Shout out! Shout out to our forefathers. Um, sorry, we made your product better than you could, but uh, you can follow us on Damn social. Straight. We haven't posted on there in what eight months now. Oh, it's been at least that long, baby. Yeah, so uh, you can still follow us. I'm going to start posting today. I mean, once this episode's up, I'm going to open it back up. That's at PI underscore podcast on Twitter. That's the best place to find us. You can also go to our website at patsinterference.com. You can also connect with us on Facebook at PAT apostrophe S interference. Or you can send us an email, patsinterference at gmail.com. Also, Uh, hey, I'd like to take a moment to apologize to the the hundreds of uh, inquiries we got to become uh, an intern on our podcast. But due to... You know uh, the the uncertain uh, un, uncertain nature of the world right now. You know, and the, these unforeseen times, as we heard over the last eight months, we just we had to shut down our, our internship program. Unprecedented uh, times. Yeah. Unprecedented. You know what's really sad is is when we sat down to do the Pat's interference budget this year at our board meeting, like we always do. Uh-huh. Uh, it was it was quite sad because we had our budget meetings, and then about a week later. Uh, you know, COVID hit and we were, we were told work from home and we, you know, everybody in the Pats interference office kind of kissed the place goodbye and just hoped we'd see it again. And, uh, you know, we had, we had to furlough, uh, we had to furlough a couple people. We had to lay off a couple people. Um, but you know, we're back. We're back. We had to cancel. We had to cancel the the uh, the official you know uh, company podcast um, barbecue that we do yeah, every July. We, red, on, we were supposed to have red jumpsuit apparatus this year. Play there. <laughs> I, I right when you said July, I said Labor Day. So <laughs> I, <don't, laughs> I think I think the jig is up. All right, we had some college football last week. Uh, I know you're probably thinking, hey guys, you're about three weeks late. Well, the SEC started last week, feller. So it looks like we're just right on time. That's right. That's when college football started. That's you know. That's, that's when everything actually starts. Hey, let's uh, we're going to go through, and we're going to have really no order. We're just kind of firing from the hip. Uh, new segment we're going to call Postponed Games. You had Notre Dame at Wake postponed, Georgia State at Charlotte. Charlotte, second week in a row they've been postponed, by the way. Tulsa at Arkansas State postponed, USF and Florida Atlantic postponed, and North Texas at Houston. Houston, who has still not played a football game yet. Uh, you know you know, old Dana Holgerson's not too thrilled with that one, but that guy sucks, so we're not even going to talk about him. UAB taking down here, USA for the, uh, for the, I guess if, Alabama Auburn's the Iron Bowl, then UAB USA would be like the Ten Bowl. It'd be like it'd be like United States versus Soviet Union and 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 hockey. It's that big. 
Oh, it's good to be back. Uh, UAB took down USA 42-10. Brick, UAB looking pretty good this year. That's a big dub, you know, for for the Blazers to uh, to get that win. You know, they had they had the a pretty decent showing against Miami. You know, they they had their uh, but this was big for them because that's a huge rivalry. And you know, the 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 new starting quarterback Bryson Lucero comes in, three hundred nineteen yards, two touchdowns. Spencer Brown has already broken the program record for for touchdowns, and he adds three more to his tally. And uh, you know. I like this Blazer team. They've got a Spencer good defense. Brown's that dude. Yeah, they do. They do. They, they've really got to stop defense. They really gave uh, Derek King and uh, Miami hell a couple of weeks ago uh, throughout that first half. Now, obviously, Miami kind of opened up the can on in the second half. but UAB um, is a better football team than the Florida State Seminoles. Yes, I would agree with that. I would they, would beat, they would beat them on a neutral field. They'd beat them in Tallahassee. I don't care. They would make, beat that team. Make it happen. Hey, there's no there's no win requirement for bowl games this year, so we could see a UAB-Florida State bowl game. We could. If, if FSU gets to kind of curtsy their way into a bowl game this year, that would be hilarious. Uh, Florida, or uh, excuse me, uh, UTSA and Middle Tennessee State getting in quite the uh, rock fight there. Uh <laughs> last friday utsa moving to three and oh roadrunners looking pretty good i will say this i hate their jerseys i hate their jerseys very awful any anytime you get like a dark navy blue and a a really really bad like red like red orange orange tent on that it's bad like i like like the durham bulls have great because it's it's a royal blue and it's like a texas tan right so they're kind of like it's like a, a lighter blue on a darker with a darker orange. This is just two dark colors and you can't see anything. Sorry, that was a tangent, but also oh, the the nameplate's the really the, the nameplate's really small on the back. Anyway, UTSA found a way to win, but let's get on to the uh, to the real uh-ohs from uh, from Saturday last Saturday. Uh, big new Saturday, big noon Saturday, big nude Saturday. All things that it has been called in the past year. Uh, Kansas State, my friend. Given given Spencer Rattler and the boys a little how do you do for the second year in a row, you know, the last time that Oklahoma beat Kansas State uh, was 2018. You, you remember 2018, right? A couple decades yeah, ago? Barely. Barely. Yeah. Uh, well, that was the last time they beat them. Uh, Spencer Rattler did have 387 yards through the air. He also threw three picks, including the game ceiling pick, uh, Kansas State kicker, um, drilled like a, I think it was like a 42-yard field goal uh, to kind of go up by three, and then Kansas State's defense holds. Spencer Rattler looking a little uh, a little rattled out there. Break. What do you think? Whoa, uh, good word association. Do you think? Thanks, buddy. I did it all by myself. Do you think that Oklahoma still has a chance for the playoff? And I'm not, I'm not overreacting this year because yeah. a lot of people are saying like, oh, that's over. That's an overreaction. That's an overreaction. Well, hey guys, uh, you could go three weeks without playing a game. Just go ahead and ask Houston. Uh, so a loss to Kansas State, if you're five and two on the season, or five and one on the season, I should say, because you only got to play six of your 10, 12 games, then you know you're kind of in trouble. So Brick is is this spelling uh, is this spelling trouble over there uh, over there for Oklahoma? No, I mean yes because it's a loss, but I don't think that this by any stretch means. I I would still say they're the if there's a team in the Big Twelve that's going to make it, it's still going to be Oklahoma. I really like. This is what they did last year, right? They lost, and we wanted to count them out, and then we did, and then they snuck in as the four seed. You right. know, it's Oklahoma has the pedigree to make it in. They'll it, now they have to go undefeated the rest of the way. If they lose another game, obviously they're out. You know, a, a one loss SEC team's gonna make it in over a two loss 
uh, Big 12 team. But, Every time. You know, uh, the, that pendulum that you sort of mentioned with the, with the very strange season we're having or in the middle of having, it does swing both ways. You know, you could... The craziness could end up benefiting Oklahoma in some way. So this doesn't knock them out. It doesn't look good, and it definitely doesn't look good for the Big 12 currently. You know, uh, now well, that everybody, the Big 10's coming back. The Pac-12 will play, what, seven games, six seven games? games? Seven games, like, yeah. You know, it's... I mean, and, and so this this really throws a wrinkle, too, because you've got, I mean, the Red River rivalries, not this weekend, but next weekend, 10-10, October 10th, and you've got that... Uh, that rivalry game against Texas, if Oklahoma beats Texas, yes, it looks good for Oklahoma. Oklahoma then has to go play Texas Tech, whose offense gave Texas a world of hurt the other day. They've got to go at West Virginia, and obviously there's the there's the uh, Oklahoma-Oklahoma State rivalry, which is always a, a nightmare, even though Oklahoma State has looked, uh, putting it gently, completely flat all year. Yeah. Um, you know, so, and the... the I, I don't see them really running the table in the Big 12 anymore. It's not like it has been in years past. You know, you didn't have a Jalen Hurts. You didn't have a Kyler Murray or a Baker Mayfield. Spencer Rattler's new. Yeah, He's no, we, and we saw that. New. He's a we baby. He's a baby. It's not like Jalen Hurts last year. He had already taken Alabama to two consecutive national championships. No, uh, you're absolutely right. Now, right now, Rattler's got the talent. We've seen the talent. We've seen yes. why why he's going to be a, a really good player down the road for them, and he's a good player currently. But yes, there will be a there will be growing pains at quarterback this year that they have not had in three or four years. Other Newton games from Saturday: uh, Florida at Ole Miss, uh, taking that one pretty easily, fifty-one thirty-five. I will say though, Ole Miss putting up thirty-five on Florida uh, is is. I don't want to say shocking, but I think it's definitely eye-opening as to what Lane Kiffin is able to do uh, in Oxford in the small time that he's been there. It's one of those games that it's a rare. It's one of those rare games where both fan bases should be very happy with what they saw. You know, uh, Florida came out and 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 they you know Kyle Trask looked excellent. Kyle Pitts uh, is it Pitts or is it first name Kyle Pitts? Pitts, the tight end, best yes, tight Kyle end in the Pitts. country probably. Right. Kyle, Kyle Pitts. Pitts comes out, scores four times. That man you is know, a barn. He is a he is a walking barn. His shoulders Florida fans are massive. think they're back into the playoff now. And if you're Ole Miss in your first game under uh, Lane Kiffin, you have to be happy with putting up 35 points and being competitive against Florida. I mean, this was a competitive game to halftime. Sure. You know, it wasn't until midway through the third quarter that Florida really ran away with it. And so, yeah, you got to be happy with what you saw if you're Ole Miss. And I'm, I'm not really sure if you can call this next noon game competitive. Uh, it, it was more of an aggressive pillow fight, but Kentucky and Auburn really trading uh, goose feather blows back and forth uh, throughout this game, but mainly in the first half until Auburn kind of woke up and ran away with it. Uh, a controversial call. You were you were on the planes down Jordan Hare on yeah. Saturday, Brick. What did you see uh, in that game? Were you impressed with Kentucky or were you disappointed with Auburn? Um. I was disappointed with Auburn for three for three quarters. I I've, I didn't have the same belief in Kentucky that a lot of people did. I never on I never at any point during the game thought that Kentucky was on a similar talent level. Um, Auburn I felt was playing down to Kentucky for three quarters. The fourth quarter they looked like what Auburn can look like when they're playing their best. Um, Kentucky just didn't have the talent. They didn't have the athletes to compete with Auburn. Uh, it was. Uh, Auburn's problems this year are going to come with run blocking with the offensive line. They actually protected Bo Nix pretty well, other than a sack or two. But like, 
their run game was atrocious, and 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 their play calling was sort of suspect at times. They're still working Chad Morris into the into the thing, but you know, I, I guess I was more disappointed with what I saw from Auburn for three quarters. I I didn't Kentucky Kentucky doesn't do anything for me this year, and they never really did. A lot of people thought that Kentucky would be a a dark horse team in the sure. East, and I just a, a potential threat, right? I I I didn't think Terry Wilson was that good when he was the starter. I felt like the offense was better when they had a wide receiver at quarterback last year with Lynn Bowden. And Which so all that should tell you all you need to know about Kentucky's offense. Right. Terry Wilson's just not going to be able to really, to me, make the huge, the huge plays that you need to make if you're going to compete in the East and your name's Kentucky. I didn't sure. see it. And I, I think sure. we saw that on Saturday. Sure. Yeah, I'd, I'd agree with you there. I'd agree with you there for sure. Uh, other games, Brick, we had... Uh, we, we had... Uh, let's, uh, gosh, going down this list. Well, okay, let me go off on this tangent. Number 22 Army's been playing great football all year. We saw that in the first week when, when they, they had that, I think it was Labor Day, they had that drive that was like 92 yards, 10 minutes and 51 seconds. Or so. I mean, it was ridiculous. It was ridiculous. Um, but anyway, they've covered the spread again, and I want to know when people are going to stop picking <laughs> the other team. Like, start picking Army with the spread. Spread was 14 and a half. Final was 24 to 10. Start putting the house on Army, people. Like, just start putting the house on Army. Had West Virginia at Oklahoma State. Oklahoma State, like I said, just not really doing, really, really struggling to get the offense rolling. We saw that against Tulsa two weeks ago. We saw it again against West Virginia, an ailing West Virginia team uh, on Saturday. They did win by two touchdowns, but it just looks like things are a little... uh, a little dry in Stillwater. Brick, do you think Mike Gundy's days are numbered, especially with everything that happened this offseason between he and his players and Chupa Hubbard? And uh, Do you think his days are numbered? Is he on the hot seat uh, to sort of produce and succeed this year? Or do you think that uh, it's a little bit more lukewarm than it was, but not really hot? Uh, the, the win against West Virginia was big. I thought if they lost that game, I was going to put him on the hottest seat in the country, uh, not named Will Muschamp. So, like... Uh, but yeah, I would, I would, I would agree. I think he's sort of on the downhill slope of of his time at Oklahoma State, especially if he can't really seize the opportunity that they have this year. I mean, Oklahoma's got a new quarterback in; they're very beatable. We saw that Texas beatable. They almost lost. I mean, they this is a year. You know, Oklahoma State's got the running back. They've got the wide receivers. They got everything they need. If Spencer Sanders is healthy, you know, they should have one of the top offenses in that league. And this is the year that they should really compete at the top and not just be one of the afterthoughts that might upset a team or two every now and again. This is a year that Oklahoma State has an opportunity. And I, I would think that if they lose three, four, five games on this uh, Big 12 schedule, they'll be, in, they'll be in some trouble. Speaking of teams that may be in some trouble, Vanderbilt giving Texas A&M all they could handle. Uh, Texas A&M pulling it out 17-12. to 12. Kellen Mond only had 189 yards. They were ranked number 10 coming into this week. Brick, uh, where do you think they are more accurately ranked? I, I, I've never got. I've never. I don't. I didn't understand the Texas A and M love either because I don't understand how many years in a row are we going to put Kellen Mond as a it's dark the same horse guy? Story. It's, it's the same story. We did it not, last year, buddy. He is. He's not a game-breaking quarterback. I mean, Jimbo Fisher produces quarterbacks like nobody's business, and now he's in year three starting under Fisher, and he looks the same as he did as a sophomore. He's he's fine, kind of against teams that they should beat, except this past weekend, but he's not, 
he's not taking them anywhere. No, and he's, I, I, he's never the guy to just go full Mamba, RIP Mamba, and just come out and dominate a game. Right, He doesn't have that it factor where he runs out on the field, they're down by three, you know they're going to win. If he runs out on the field and they're down by three, everyone knows what's about to happen. He's either going to take a bad sack, he's going to scramble out of bounds too late, You know, he's going to waste a bunch of time and then scramble out of bounds for four yards, or he's going to throw a pick. That That's what's going to happen. Um, he's just, he's not, he's not really the guy that's just going to go and win them a game. And I, I think Texas A&M is always going to chase that Johnny Manziel factor. And they're not even anywhere close with Kellen Mond. They're going to have a really, really tough time in Tuscaloosa this weekend too. Let me tell you, uh, let's 100%. move, let's move on. Um, you also had, uh, Georgia and Arkansas. Now, one thing interesting between Texas A&M and Vanderbilt and Georgia and Arkansas, both of these teams had a score of seven to five at yeah. one point during the game. Okay, Brick, do you want to know the last time that happened? I'd love to. Uh, yeah, me too. And I wish I could give you an answer, but oh. uh, Georgia and Arkansas. <laughs> okay. <laughs> wow. Georgia and Arkansas. You don't get that. You don't get that on any other podcast. No, you don't. Sort of insight, you, you know, don't. behind the numbers kind of stuff. You don't really get that hard hitting stuff anywhere else. You want to know what's sad? I thought of that joke in the shower this morning, and I was like, man, I hope he falls for this. Like, I really hope he just hook like, line and see sinker, friend. Nailed hook, it. Line and sinker. Nailed it. Just dip, uppercut, down on the mat. Uh, Georgia thirty seven, Arkansas ten. But that doesn't really tell the story of this game. Uh, J T Daniels who, by the way, is continuing the uh, Georgia quarterback mantra of first name, last name, last name, first name, John Taylor Daniels, and then their actual quarterback who played named Stetson Bennett. The game is you can flip those names, and they all make a different name and a different person, but it doesn't matter. Uh, Stetson Bennett with 211 yards. Again, the score 37 to 10 doesn't really tell the story of the game. Brick, should Georgia be nervous about their season, or did Arkansas just play that quote-unquote well? I mean, Georgia has plenty of reason to be concerned. Their defense is going to be fine. Their defense might be the best in the league, but they've got to figure it out offensively. And, you know... It it was they came out there with the freshman. Um, I'm forgetting his name at the moment, but and it didn't work. Uh, they put in Setson Bennett. He played fine, but he clearly is. They're they're gonna have trouble. They've got a good receiver. They've got good running backs, but their quarterback play is gonna be a big question. And I only say that now because they do have Auburn this weekend, and yes. Auburn's a team that at this point might be favored. I haven't seen the latest line, but it's not you know Auburn can completely beat them. They they can be looking. You know, at one and one in the SEC, and there's they still have the rest of their schedule left, and those are yes. supposed to be two easy wins for them, Arkansas and Auburn. Easy. The, these were supposed to be the games to help them prepare for Alabama, in a way where you saw an Auburn defense that uh, I don't want to say stacks up to Alabama this year, but it gives you the best eye test, right? Yeah. And then you had Arkansas, a team that you should just bowl over and get your get your offense in tip top shape. And they didn't get either of those. I mean, and they got after Auburn, they got Tennessee and Bama. They'll play Kentucky, and then they got Florida. They still got Mississippi State on the schedule. Yep. You know, those are all teams I could see them losing to Auburn. I could see Tennessee being close. I'm not ready to say Tennessee is going to beat Georgia, Alabama, Florida, Mississippi State. That could be four losses if they I don't think, figure out the quarterback situation. Uh, Georgia is currently a six and a half point favorite in that Auburn game right now. By the way, um, I, I yeah, I'd want to take Auburn there. Yeah. You know, six and a half is pretty steep. I'm not saying Auburn's going to win that game. We'll talk about that in a minute. But uh, six, six and, and a half, half is, is always a tough one that's because that's a, that's a touchdown. That's a touchdown. That's tough. Yes. That's tough. That's tough because you could definitely see a game where you know 
Auburn scores, you know, kicks a field goal down 17-10 with like five minutes left, right? And then just never recovers and then they cover, but they could also just get waxed and the game could be 49-40 to because it's Auburn and there's no telling what's going to happen in an Auburn football game. Uh, so yeah, no, I think Georgia's, Georgia's got to figure it out. Now, obviously getting JT Daniels back is going to be a huge part of that offense. Don't forget, by the way, uh, who was Newman? What was his name? What was his first name? Jamie Newman. Jamie Newman. I almost said Carson Newman. I was like, that's a college. Uh, Jamie Newman sitting out the season, probably the best move he could make. The transfer from Wake Forest had a, a head of steam behind him. Um, and I think he kind of realized, oh crap, I may kind of hurt my uh, my draft. Yeah, I'd, like, I'd, like, if I play. I'd like to sort of explain why that was a good decision for him, not for Georgia. Yeah, so, go ahead. So he was. The guy, right? He was going to start at Georgia, which is a huge opportunity for a guy like him to start in those games that he's going to play. There was a reason that everybody knew if he played well, he could vault himself to that first round status. And he had that shine on him all offseason. He was sort of sure. a late first round guy on a lot of mock drafts. But the moment JT Daniels got there, a five-star dude, he was the number one quarterback a couple years ago in his recruiting class. He knew that if he split time even a little bit with JT Daniels, he loses that shine completely. Yes. So now he gets to go, he gets to not play this year, he sits out, he still sort of has that aura about him, and he might have saved himself a good bit of money doing that, because if, if he, and if he lost the job to JT Daniels, the dude doesn't even get drafted, and he's no yes. longer, court, you know, now he's going to get drafted by somebody. So I think it was a good move. JT Daniels uh, did not play in this Arkansas game. Uh, he was not medically cleared. All I heard was it was not uh, COVID-related. I heard... A rumor that it was a knee issue, but I haven't seen any yeah. sort of confirmed well, he, he, source. He on tore that. he tore his ACL last year. That's a, that's how he lost the job. And so it went let me to, ask uh, you. Let me ask you this: He tears his ACL last year. He mm-hmm. sits out last week, and all of a sudden this week he's just fine and ready. Now to he's play. cleared. Now he's cleared. I just don't. I don't understand that. I don't really buy that. I, I I'm a little worried that JT Daniels has never fully recovered over that knee injury. Do you see what I'm saying? Like, no, what, there's a major. There's a major concern. I mean, what difference does one week make? And it was a year ago that he heard it. Yeah, no, I hear you. It's we'll see how it holds up. I would imagine he's supposed to start against Auburn if they cleared. I mean, maybe not. I I'm actually gonna see what uh Kirby Smart had a had a presser today or no today's Thursday. Yesterday he should have had one. So I'm gonna look it up while you uh, introduce our next game. Uh, yeah. So our next game that I'd like to talk about was Texas and Texas Tech. Uh, I know I'm skipping a game that happened in the afternoon. I want to talk about it last. Uh, Real wild finish. Texas had to uh, recover an onside kick, drive down the field, and score a touchdown to make it to overtime where they eventually upset, or excuse me, not upset, where they eventually beat Texas Tech and avoided the upset, I should say. Um, This looks like the same Texas team they've put on the field for the past, I don't know, five years now where everybody's really really high on them preseason they've got a pretty decent quarterback i mean sam ellinger is a guy that you and i were pointing at last year saying well, yeah but next year could be his year mm-hmm. you know it's it's going to be trevor lawrence it's going to be sam ellinger uh at that time it's going to be jamie newman you know we're yeah it's looking pretty good maybe mac jones and now this is just the same texas crap we've seen for five years the defense is terrible they can't cover the spread and the offense sputters at times, and it really shoots him in the foot. It's the same thing that happened to him last year when LSU came to Austin. It's the same exact thing. So Texas really struggled in this game. This goes back to the Big 12 being in some trouble. Because now you've, I have no confidence in Texas to beat Oklahoma. And even if they beat Oklahoma, 
seeing them win out is going to be interesting at best. I think I I don't I don't know if they can really take on uh, the gauntlet of Oklahoma, Baylor, Oklahoma State, and West Virginia back to back to back weeks. Um, that's that's really going to be a tough test for them. Uh, but it, Texas, that's a job you may be seeing uh, come open soon. You know, I know Tom Herman got that big contract, but Brick, he's just not getting it done down there. In oh, Austin. he's not. He's not. And and this is year uh, three or four. He's got his guys in the system now. They should have lost that game. Yes. I mean, they and this wasn't a case of like they sort of escaped and they were clearly the better team. They did. They they did not look good. You know, they did not look like a team that's ready to compete for a national title. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Um Another game that I would take Oklahoma straight up today over over Texas easy. Yes, I would too. I think Spencer Rattler can can turn it around and kind of tear up that defense. I think he limits his interceptions and everything. But we'll see what happens in this week, right? Things could happen where you know Texas could come out and win sixty six nothing. Oklahoma could come out and struggle again and win by a field goal, and then I'm taking Texas. You know, it's just things things happen. But um, yeah, right now I, I I think Spencer Rattler will be able to kind of limit those turnovers, and as long as Oklahoma can establish a run game, I think they will win that game. I really, really do. Uh, moving on, uh, UCF beat ECU, but who cares? Uh, Florida State got dismantled by Miami. Brick, are you buying or selling Miami right now? Miami looks pretty good. I mean, I'm buying them as far as being an upper echelon team in the week ACC. Am I thinking that they're going to come out and compete with Clemson? Uh, not this Saturday, but next? I don't. I think Clemson will... It'll be pretty reminiscent of a few years ago when Miami was winning a bunch of games against weaker competition uh, in their in their league, you know. But then they played Clemson in the in the uh, ACC title and lost like thirty one nothing. I see right. something like that. I I mean, they'll lose probably two games, three games on this schedule, and and it'll sort of be better than the last few years for Miami. But I don't buy them as a team that is going to upset Clemson and, and compete for a playoff spot. Hey buddy, do you wanna do you wanna know a uh, a little call that I'm making right now? Yeah. Uh, so, uh, you've got. We'll just do a little ACC roundup. Virginia Tech beat NC State 45-24 despite missing 23 players with COVID. 23 players. That man. is insane, and they still put the whooping on them. I just think that speaks to how bad, uh, how bad NC State is this year. The Wolfpack really struggling here in Raleigh in the Triangle. The other ACC game that I wanted to talk to you about, and I'm kind of going to whisper right now, okay? So if you could just if you could just get close to your speakers or your headphones, just just turn up that volume a little bit. Pittsburgh is three and zero. Pittsburgh is three and zero. Okay, pretty good. They're ah well now hold on the Death Star is still charging. Remember Pitt, our beloved Death Star. They're going to play NC State this week. Win at Boston College, probably a win. And then guess who they play? Brick. They got Miami. And then after that, Notre Dame. The Death Star is charging, my brother. You can you can either you can either get on the warship, or you can be on Alderaan. But it's going to blow something up. And I tell you what, when it does, I want to be on the warship. That's no moon. That's Pitt. They're pretty good this year, man. Pitt Look happens. Out for them. Pitt happens. I like Derek King a lot. In all seriousness, um, Florida State is just a dumpster fire. If, if there was a personification of 2020 from a college football team, it's Florida State. It's bad. They're they're worse this year than they were either of the two years under Willie Taggart. And yes, okay. So the fan base will sort of try to chalk that, and they should because they need to be able to sleep at night. 
Um, to try to chalk that up with the fact that they got a new coach, the coach didn't even coach last week because of COVID. They didn't get to learn the system and all that. Okay, fine. But 52 nothing against Miami. It, it's hard to look at that. It's just, yep. you've fallen uh, pretty far, boys. Let's let's finish out our ACC tour. I told you Notre Dame at Wake Forest was postponed. Don't really think it would have mattered anyway. Duke at Virginia. Virginia continuing their streak. It's 38-20, to uh, a victory for the Cavaliers with that god-awful new logo. Don't even get me started on that. Uh, moving on to our Group of Five challenge. My boys over in Boone, App State, getting a big win over Campbell, 52-21. You've got, uh, excuse me, I skipped over Syracuse and Georgia Tech, two teams that, for the life of me, Brick, I couldn't find out, uh, figure out what they were going to do on any given Saturday. There's no telling with those two teams. Uh, Louisiana beating Georgia Southern uh, in exciting fashion. Uh, Georgia Southern went for two to go up by one. Louisiana kicked a long field goal. Uh, at the gun to win it 20 to 18 they moved to 3 and 0 they were number 19 last week i'm pretty sure they stayed around there uh BYU at Troy BYU 48-7 they played another great game uh you had SMU playing another great game really really impressed with uh Sam Bouchel uh, or excuse me Shane Bouchel um i get Sam Ellinger and Shane Bouchel mixed up all the time but uh Shane Bouchel at SMU lit the world on fire last season SMU lost a game and everybody forgot he existed. Well, now SMU, I think, has scored like over 150 points or something in their first three games. I mean, they're setting the world on fire. So be looking out for that team to potentially make an upset this season. You had Tennessee escaping an embarrassing loss against South Carolina on a game-winning muffed punt, which is the most Tennessee statement that I've said in a long time. Uh, That's all we really need to talk about that one, correct? I think Muschamp's on the hot seat, but I think we knew that before that game anyway. Tennessee covered. Tennessee did cover. Boy, did they. Uh, All right, you had Alabama at Missouri. Oh, buddy, if you're a longtime listener of the podcast, you know that Brick and I are Alabama alumni. Yeah, you know this. A long long time. We started. This started in the the Moe's on the Strip, probably. We were probably sitting at the Moe's on the Strip, and we said, we should do a podcast one day. That's probably where we were. Well, now, hold on. For anyone familiar with the Tuscaloosa area, and you you hear Moe's on the Strip, and you think we were cool enough to go to Moe's Barbecue with all the other frat dudes and uh, sorority girls, you were wrong. (laughs) That's right. We were were the other Moe's. We were 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 at Moe's Southwest Grill eating quesadillas, taco stacks, and e-burritos, and that's probably how this started. So anyway... A lot of love in Tuscaloosa. A lot of love for this team in Tuscaloosa, Brick. I really liked the way that this defense uh, looked. I love the way that Mac Jones was connected to Jalen Waddell and Devontae Smith. It looked like every time the ball was leaving his hands, it was going to one of those two guys, and the timing was pretty dead on. There were a couple passes that I wasn't extremely wild about, but they were put in places where only his receiver could get them. Mac Jones rarely threw a ball this weekend that I thought, ooh, that might get picked. Uh, Bryce Young coming out, good to see him in a crimson and white uniform finally. Uh, He played a decent enough game. I think he made a lot of freshman mistakes, but it's his first game. Uh, The the plays that he did make, he looked very impressive making. I think the future is very, very bright in Tuscaloosa. Uh, We will talk about the Tide a little bit more in a minute, but buddy, let's get over to uh, the old Pirate, shall we? Let's the do old, it. The old, I was, the old I was surprised. I, I was, it was like we haven't talked about that one yet. But you, I was saving bu- it for last, baby. You were building up to it. Come you were on. building up to it. Come on. You work in local. You know how it is. You build to is. it. You build to it. Uh, you've well, got... Actually, if it bleeds, it leads, honestly. That's what we say. 
KJ Costello threw for 623 <laughs> yards, so I'd say that uh, the Tigers were definitely bleeding Saturday night yeah. in, in Baton Rouge. Um, I, I think we all knew it was going to be a tough year for LSU. I don't think that anybody assumed that Mike Leach would come in and upset with the Bulldogs the first game of the season. Absolutely not. And it's 623 yards passing from KJ Costello. I didn't. I mean, it's. I thought this could have been a close game. I thought it could have been a competitive game, and it was. But no, by no, and I know that uh, Derek Stingley didn't play, but by no means was I saying, did I see this coming? That yeah. was a beatdown. It was a beatdown. Uh, I, I think, is it correct that Mississippi State only had like 12 rushing yards or something? Yeah, like, I think this it was, was 13 total rushing yards, but 623. Pat, KJ Costello is now the all-time leading single-game passer in SEC. He's the only quarterback to ever throw for 600 yards in the SEC. The Stanford transfer, a lot of people were really high on him preseason, and now we see why. Um, Mississippi State threw the ball uh, nonstop in this game, and it looked like LSU could just not ever keep up. Um, LSU's offense, it kind of looked like the offense of old, didn't it? Just not really on the same page. Uh, you know, uh, uh, Miles Brennan went 27 for 46 for 345 yards. He did have three TDs, but he also had two picks. Um, they couldn't get the ball going on the ground. Chris Curry was LSU's leading rusher. He only had 47 yards. Uh, Terrence Marshall had a good game. He had 122 yards and two touchdowns, but it just never really felt like LSU was going to come back and win this game once the fourth quarter started. Um, you know, the, the end of the third quarter, I think with about five minutes left, you had Mississippi state scoring, uh, like, a, I think it was like a 75 yard touchdown. Yep. Um, and to go up 27-24 and then immediately turn around in the fourth quarter and score again, and they're up by 10, and it just never felt like LSU was going to come back. They were able to tie it, but even when they tied it, I never really thought they were going to win. Um, Mississippi State had four turnovers in that game, too. That's another thing to keep yeah, in mind. And it just four turnovers didn't matter. And still won. It and just did not matter. It was so clear from the, from the jump that, that this is the most obvious thing I've probably ever said on the podcast, but Miles Brennan is not Joe Burrow. No. He's not, he's nowhere and, close too. But and, that's and, the thing. and you know who else they were missing? The I, I think the 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 biggest guy they were missing on that field was Dave Aranda. Uh, I would I would say him or even Clyde Edwards Hilaire because they just couldn't get the ball going on the ground. You can't open the pass game up in the SEC if you cannot get the ball going on the ground. Well, they didn't. They couldn't stop. I mean, I'm saying they couldn't even remotely stop anything that I mean you said four turnovers they still put up 623 yards and 44 yeah, you're right points. no you're, they could you're not absolutely stop right. them yeah yeah but what I'm saying is Joe Brady they, Joe Brady I mean they, they, this they is a also team couldn't lost. establish anything on the ground nothing and you can't win a game in the SEC if you can't do that um, LSU was 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 a team that had the last season had the perfect mixture of talent and coaching and you know how long I dog LSU on this podcast you know how long I didn't believe in them. They shut me up last year. But I, yep. I, I, I'm going right back to, to what I to my initial my original thought on LSU. It's good. It's good that they got a national title out of it. But LSU is now going going to go back to being a middle team in the in the West. It's, in it's my mind, a one hit wonder. Um, because because I think Ed Orgeron was was more of a figurehead as head coach last year. I think their success came from Dave Aranda coaching the defense and Joe Brady coaching the offense and Joe Burrow. Basically becoming the greatest Steve quarterback and yeah, yeah. and one see the greatest single season quarterback and that was a mixture of him and Joe Brady. Uh but Joe Burrow's doing pretty well in the NFL right now too. Like Yeah. Yeah, you're not wrong. Perfect but... storm, 
I, I, I also, think LSU loses. I mean, I'm going to pull up their schedule right now. Uh, I think that they lose. Let's see. I'd say I'd say two or three more games. I think they lose to Florida. I think they lose to Auburn, Alabama, and potentially A and M. I'm not sure they'll lose to A and M, but I wouldn't be surprised if they do. Uh, I love the fact that I said that you can't win a game in the SEC if you can't establish the run. And Mississippi State beat LSU in Baton Rouge on 12 rushing yards. So you well, know never, you're they will. Yeah, you know you're listening to a top tier podcast. Right. Um, but exception, yeah, exception you, to the rule. You know, I, I think it's going to be interesting to see where Mississippi State goes. Right? Um, they've got they've got the gauntlet for themselves, um, and it'll be interesting to see what they do to teams that aren't LSU, that aren't coming off the hangover of of a big title. Um, so I think that's it for last week. Brick, is there anything else that I missed? Anything else you want to cover? Uh, no. Let's um let's 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 dive into to the next topic. Uh, the next topic being next week, you've got uh, some nooners, nothing too exciting. Baylor at West Virginia may be interesting. Uh, you've got Missouri at Tennessee, TCU at Texas, uh, South Carolina at Florida. I think Florida's going to win that game by a mile. Uh, yep. Sorry, excuse me. I skipped over Friday's games. You have the battle for North Carolina, as we <laughs> call right. it. Yeah. And the Campbell fighting camels and the Wake Forest Demon Deacons. Uh, also, Louisiana Tech BYU could be a good game, too. Watch out for that one. It is in Provo, but I could see Louisiana Tech giving them some trouble. Um, moving on to Saturday, I've mentioned the noon games. Uh, I want to scroll on down to the 330 kick between Texas A&M and Alabama. Brick, uh, I believe Alabama is currently a 14.5-point favorite. Do you think 17. That's, it's 17. Do you think We're that's too high or too low? Alabama's my hardest team to ever gauge, but I think I think that's just right. I think seventeen and a half is just right for this game. Yeah, I, I could see that. I could see. I could also see, you know, like I said, some backdoor covers and garbage time touchdown by Kellen Mond. Yeah. But now this is one of the few games where I might actually take the take the spread. I think I might take Alabama over seventeen and a half here. Yeah, sure. Uh, I usually never do that with Bama, but I think. Uh, I just from what I saw from Texas A&M last week, and I know that it might have been a week one thing, and it's been a strange off season, and blah blah blah. I mean, they have enough experience coming back; they should have beaten Vandy by more than five. Yes, yes, I agree with you. I agree with you. I think that uh, Jimbo's got to get it going there too. I think uh, you know that massive contract they gave him is just laughable now. Uh, yeah, I mean, they can't do anything with them, and I don't think they can. I don't think they're going to get better coach a better coach than Jimbo. It's just. Is Jimbo that good of a coach? He's a great recruiter, and he threw together a, a, a hell of a team in 2013. And, and you know, he threw together that team where all 22 starters went on to the NFL. Right. Um, but as far as the X's and O's goes, I never thought he was, you know, you know I pretty closely follow FSU. You know, I never thought he was that impressive with the X and O's. He doesn't out-coach other coaches on the sideline. He out-recruits guys. And that's right. how he was able to ascend in the ACC because this was – this was a pre-Dabo ACC. I mean, Dabo was there, but it was a pre-Dabo Empire ACC, you know, and he was able to just kind of put the ACC in a headlock because he got all the recruits. Well, he's not going to do that in the SEC. Right. I right. mean, they're recruiting well, but not well enough to... Not Saban well. Not Saban, not smart. Yeah. Um. So... Yeah, I, I'm gonna, I, I will take. Uh, I I'm think gonna... they'll. I guess if we're going the future with A and M and Jim, but I think that they'll get to a year where they could potentially finish second in the West. I don't ever really see them winning it. Yeah, no, I don't either. I don't either. I think their best chance was was with Johnny Mansell, and they didn't get it done that year. Um, I will say uh, I'm gonna go Alabama 49. I'll go Texas A and M 
21. Um, I think that Alabama really puts it on, piles it on. Texas A&M's defense really struggled against Vanderbilt last week. Um, that game was just awful to watch. If you haven't seen highlights from that game, just don't. Just let me go ahead and save you. Just don't do it. It's not worth it. There aren't um, very many. But I, I think I think Alabama uh, gets the offense going again this week. Um, I think they're trying to get ahead of steam going into that Georgia game, which Lord knows what's going to happen in that one. And I think this is a good tune-up for Alabama at home as well. Uh, so like I said, I'll take Alabama 49-21. Um, you know, I think you see the twos come in at some point during that game and uh, you know, Saban trying to uh, trying to get some things going. Uh, like I said, to tune up for the Georgia game. Uh, Georgia at or excuse me, Auburn at Georgia. We've already talked about this a little bit. Um, it, Auburn's a, a six and a half point underdog. This game, if this game is in Auburn, if this is on the plains, I'm probably with you, and I take Auburn covering. But this game being between the hedges. JT Daniels is back. Georgia knows that they looked terrible last week. I think Kirby Smart's going to get them up, and I think they could put the hurt on Auburn this weekend uh, and really, really shoot up in the rankings, too. They're at number four right now. I could see them being number three or number two after this week is over if they are able to go out and destroy Auburn. Now, that's a big if. But, Brick, what what do you think Auburn needs to do to win this game this weekend? Uh, I mean, they need to shut down Georgia's run game. If they, I think they shut down Georgia's run game. They're going to win this one. That's that's what it's going to come down to for me. Because I'm going to be honest. like I've never thought that Bo Nix is as bad as everybody makes him out to be. Uh, especially the Bo Picks nickname. I'm just going to put this out here. I don't understand. He's done six in his career. And he started for over a season now when he was a true freshman last year. He threw three against Florida and everybody started calling him that. Um, I think their offense will do enough. I think it's going to be a low scoring game. I don't know what the over-under is, but I'd take the under. And... Yeah. Uh, 44 and a half. I'd take that. I'd take the under in this one. And, um, see Auburn lost that whole defensive line. They lost the Marlon Davidson. Derek Brown was a top, I think it was a seventh pick of the draft. And you kind of saw that from Kentucky last week. They got a bunch of long games that that wouldn't have happened, uh, the last two seasons. So if Georgia can take Zamir White and get him to the second level, then Georgia's going to win this game easy. But yeah. if they can't get Zamir White going in this game, I don't care what the I don't care who's at quarterback. If it's JT Daniels or Dewan Math, is it Dewan, something Mathis or Stetson Bennett? It's not Dewan Mathis. I know that, but I, um, I know what you mean, though. Yeah, if they can't, I don't care who's at quarterback. If they can't get a run game going, then then it's over. It's over. It's over. You're right. Um, other other games. It's it's really kind of a quiet week. It's tough. Uh, as much as we dog the. Big oh, it is game. Dewan Mathis. It is Dewan Mathis. All as right, much that's as we. Name. Yeah, that's, I was I was thinking. I was like, I'm pretty sure that's right. Um, as much as we kind of dog the Big Ten, sometimes you know it is weeks like this when it's like, oh, but I kind of miss them. You know, yeah. it'd be it'd be nice to have another nooner that we could throw in this schedule. There's not a whole lot to offer. Uh, Tulsa at UCF could get interesting, but I really think UCF should take care of business and the quote unquote bounce house as they've rebranded their stadium which is one of the dumbest things i think i've ever heard in my life nothing says circus like the bounce house uh (laughs) oklahoma at iowa state oklahoma and spencer rattler looking to bounce back iowa state not impressive this year already they've been didn't they get upset by somebody just from the sun belt yeah oklahoma's oklahoma's gonna they lost to 
Louisiana 31-14. I think Oklahoma should win this one. Um, Iowa State They're did knock favored off TCU by seven, last week. By the way, Oklahoma's yes. only a seven-point favorite. Take take Oklahoma on that. Holy cow! I, yeah, I I would I would. Uh, you've also got uh, Clemson coming back from a week off. Um, Virginia at Clemson. It's an 8 p.m. kick. Trevor Lawrence has just been uh, fantastic this year. Um, you know, it, it just feels like it's another year where we're headed for an Alabama-Clemson collision course. Maybe not in the championship game, but at some point uh, in that playoff. Uh, the Is others, there any way that, that Lawrence doesn't win the Heisman this year? In no, your mind? It's I, think, I, don't, I don't see any way that Unless KJ Costello comes out and does what he did last week every single week, uh, sure. I think if, it's sealed. Yes, if Costello can, can sort of... If Kinsella can beat Bama, then he'll win it. It'll be the Johnny Manziel factor. But and I, I think, I think this year will be really eye-opening for the Heisman too. I kind of want to go off on this for a second, uh, because the Big Ten and the Pac-12 have waited so long to play. I think the last few years, the Heisman has been such a numbers game and yeah. such a "what have you done for me lately" game that Trevor Lawrence is going to have a leg up on everybody, regardless of how those guys play. Regardless whether or not he deserves the Heisman, if you're just looking at the numbers, you're going to say he deserves the Heisman, which is what people have done for years and years and years with the Heisman now. People completely ignored the fact that Tua played, what was it, he didn't play in the fourth quarter until November in 2018, and they still tried to compare numbers like it was something like, no. You can't do that. So I think this year is going to be eye-opening for the Heisman, but you're right. I don't think anybody can really win this except Trevor Lawrence unless Trevor Lawrence just comes out and plays terrible the next two or three weeks, right? I just think it's got to be an ACC, SEC, or Big Ten guy because there just won't – you can't give it no to a Pac-12. I mean, you know, ACC no is playing 13. Size. They're almost playing double the games than the, yeah. what the Pac-12 has played. They're playing yeah. 13 this year. Uh, lastly, Brick, uh, as we wrap up this week, I do want to talk about Navy at Air Force, which I think is kind of uh, uh, probably an odd thing for me to bring up. The only reason I'm bringing this up, Air Force is playing two games this year. They are <laughs> playing Navy at home, and then they're going, I think they're going to Army to play. They're just trying to get the Commanders and Chiefs trophy. Um, this is their Super Bowl, baby. This is it. They play uh, October 3rd, this Saturday, and they play November 7th at Army. I was right. Um, Brick, I, I like Navy here, but I, I mean, Navy's also really struggled the past few weeks. Like, yeah, they beat Tulane a couple weeks ago, but man, the game before that, they looked terrible against BYU. Uh, the big storyline, obviously coming out that they hadn't practiced tackling and a lot of people clowned them for that. And like, yeah, <laughs> it, it's, it's, I mean, it's dumb. Don't get me wrong, but I understand where they're coming from. It's COVID it's 2020. You don't know what's going to happen at any given moment. Right. Sure. So, I, I, you know, yeah, it was dumb, whatever. We can all make fun of them. But I, I just think people need to kind of back off on it because, like I said, it's COVID. No one knows what's going to happen. No one knows what's safest. And if Navy comes out and just drums BYU and just kills Tulane last week, then all of a sudden they're geniuses, or two weeks ago, all of a sudden they're geniuses for doing what they did, right? But that's not how it worked out, and I understand that. So, anyway, I, I think people should lay off Navy a little bit. Uh, but... I love the fact that Air Force is just playing two games because I think the military academies are the only teams that could do this and not just get crucified by the media. Like imagine if Alabama came out and they were like, we're only going to play Tennessee and Auburn. Yeah. You know, and I I know that's a power five thing and it's different, but I I think with Air Force and Navy and Army, people are just like, yeah, cool. Go for it. So that's triple option matchup. I'm definitely going to have that on. That's a six o'clock kick. Um, you know, that's right before the Auburn game. That's like right after the three thirty games. Oh, North Carolina at Boston college. Let's talk about that one too, Brick. Are you buying or selling North Carolina or do you need more of a sample size? Um, 
I liked. Uh, nor, remind me. Okay, North Carolina's played one game, right? The other they one was played canceled. one they, game they, because yeah, Charlotte. They beat got a canceled. very weak Syracuse team. They look good in the process. A little slow at first. Um, I, I'm buying North Carolina the same way I buy Miami. Are they contender in anything? No, there's only one contender in that league, and that's Clemson. But are they potentially the second best team in the in the ACC? Yeah, could they compete with Clemson on a field on a good day? I think they could. You know, they almost beat them last year. So that's about as far as I'm willing to take North Carolina. Uh, let me ask you, last last question of year six, episode one. North Carolina or Miami, who are you taking? Oh, boy. I would take... I, I, I think I'd like Miami's defense better in that one. I, I agree with you, but again, I need more of a sample size from North Carolina before I can make that give that yeah. answer. Uh, but Brick, that's going to do it for us, baby. We're, I mean, for, I mean, we're back, baby. We're back. We're back. Ladies and gentlemen, I know you're used to the soundboard and, and all the topics and all the discussion. Uh, I texted Brick this morning at around 9.30 a.m. my time, 8.30 his time, and asked him if he wanted a podcast today. So, sorry, there is not, uh, there's not a lot uh, to discuss right now. Uh, this just end, by the way, App State, uh, Louisiana game is called off due to coronavirus. Uh, that oh. came out while we were podcasting. So sorry about that for the boys and Boone. But uh, everybody, thank you so much for listening. We will do a better job next week. But honestly, it's just good to be back uh, in your ear holes and on your speakers. Uh, again, find us on social. Connect with us. Uh, I hope you have the greatest weekend of all time. Rick, uh, you're my best friend in the whole world. Hello, and uh, there, there's nothing better than this. Just guys being dudes.